This is the Cool Meanderings with Dr. Germ G Podcast. Thanks for listening. Good Thursday morning to you from the DMV. Today is June 2nd, 2022. This is Dr. Germ G. Welcome back to the Cool Meanderings Podcast. I am super excited for this year's NBA Finals. So we've got the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors, which I think will be a classic series. You've got the best defense versus the best offense. You've got two All-NBA players, Jason Tatum for the Celtics and Steph Curry for the Seas. Mind you, Jason Tatum was first-team All-NBA uh, while uh, Curry was second-team, uh, which is which is interesting. Uh, but Tatum had a great year. Uh, you also have a great comeback story with uh, Clay Thompson, who tore his knee in the Dubs' last appearance in the finals uh, against the eventual champs, Toronto, the uh, Toronto Raptors, back in 2019. So Boston is an emerging team that I think will be around for a while. They, they In some ways, they remind me of the 90s Bulls. And I'm talking like early 90s, you know, pre-Rodman, when they had a bunch of guys, they had a deep bench with a bunch of guys, including, um, well, no, Kerr wasn't there yet, but they had a bunch of guys that uh, were ball hawks on defense, but they were also efficient shooters. And then, of course, they had the two alphas with uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that Tatum or... Um, or Brown, Jalen Brown, uh, are on that level. Um, but I see flashes. I definitely see flashes. And the one thing that this team has that uh, I don't think those Bulls teams had, I, I, don't, I don't think they quite had someone like a Marcus Smart, who's a hybrid guard that, you know, plays just outstanding defense. Um, it's a really great team. Uh, Boston's a great team. They play great D. They hit timely shots, uh, more than enough to make it to the finals. But I felt like the Miami Heat exposed some weaknesses of the Celtics during the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the Heat weren't even at full strength, yet they pushed the Celtics down to the last minute of Game 7. You know, if, if Jimmy Butler... A guard, the guard from the Heat. If Jimmy Butler hits that that shot, that three point shot at the end of Game Seven, um, you know, perhaps we're talking about a, a Heat Warriors series, which I had originally predicted. But having watched the series with the Celtics, I realized that you know Miami had no business even you know making it to Game Seven, let alone you know. I mean, they just, yeah. I, I after seeing the way the Celtics handled them in games four, four and five, you know, I thought for sure that Boston would close out in game six. But the Heat, man, they they they're a tough team. But I think they also exploited some weaknesses with the Celtics. Um, you know, the Celtics are not they're not the greatest closeout team. Um, you know, they're great. When they get on top of you, they can pounce you. But then, I don't know. It's like uh, uh, when they when they get pushed back, when, when the team pushes back against them, it's like they 
I don't know. They don't, uh, they don't seem to respond so well. Um, and maybe that's just a matter of experience, but you know, they have quite the challenge with, uh, with the Warriors. Um, the dubs are clearly the best offensive team that the Celtics will see in these playoffs. Um, and the Dubs' defense is pretty good. I mean, it it went down a little bit over the playoffs, but during the season, they were one of the top defenses. I mean, they're you know, considering how great their offense is, their defense is, is it's it's not quite as good, but lethal when you combine it with that great offensive offensive efficiency. So, and and plus, I, this, the the Dubs are a little bit healthier. Uh, they're a healthier team. They're likely to get uh, Gary Payton the second back at some point in the series, while the Celtics, you know, they're 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 limp. They they appear to be limping into the finals. You know, a big key will be how much they can get from uh, center forward Robert Williams, who basically played uh, the Eastern Conference Finals with a bad knee, and then you had Smart roll his ankle, and I mean, I know that they say that everyone has some sort of ailment heading into the finals. But I, I guess the challenges, the health challenges for the Celtics seem to be more obvious than for the Warriors. So I don't know. But then when you look at the two head-to-head matchups, you, know, you look at the season series, uh, they split with the road team taking both games. In the first matchup back on December 17th in, in Boston, the Dubs took it 111 to 107. But as you can imagine, both teams were quite different at that point in the season, particularly the Celtics. They were struggling at around 500 at that point. Um, And Al Horford and and Williams didn't play in that game. And they hadn't yet traded for Derek White uh, from the Spurs, who has been a great addition to the Celtics. Um, He hit some key shots against the Heat. And I would imagine that, you know, he'll continue to be a clutch contributor for them uh, against the Warriors. Um, but going back to that first game, you know, the, the Warriors won that game without Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson, which is which is interesting. Now, they did have Andrew Wiggins play in that game, but they didn't have Poole or Thompson. Now, when they when they, they had the run back on March 16th, 2022, um, at Golden State, the Celtics, man, they really thrubbed them. They, they took that one 110 to 88, um, and the Celtics were clearly on a roll at that point, um, becoming one of the top defensive teams in the league, one of the top t- teams in the Eastern Conference, and they had their complete roster for that game. Um, but the Dubs were without Steph Curry for most of the game as he went down uh, with a foot injury at the end of the first quarter following a collision with Marcus Smart. Um, they also didn't have Andrew Wiggins for that game, so that's just something to keep in mind. Particularly because I I think Wiggins will be an X factor in the series. Um, I, the Dubs can they can alternate him and Thompson to guard uh, Brown and Tatum, uh, which which is a luxury uh, because you know they're both decent defenders. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Thompson is quite what he was uh, prior to his knee injury, but I think alternating with um, with Wiggins. Gives them some flexibility. And then, I, you know, um, they also have Otto Porter Jr. And if they get Gary Payton the second back, yeah, I, th- I think that that could be a nice collection of defenders um, to throw at uh, Brown and Tatum. But I think Wiggins 
more so will be a problem on the offensive end because I could see how he can stress the Celtics defense and still be a little bit preoccupied chasing the Dubs' lethal perimeter shooters. So I think Wiggins should have ample opportunity for mid-range shots and offensive rebounds because you have to remember, you know, the, uh, the C's also have to think about Draymond Green and Kevin Looney on the inside. So there's going to be there's going to be some opportunities for Wiggins, I think, you know, to to hit that mid, mid-range shot and to get some offensive boards. If if they can get consistent production from Wiggins in this series, I think it's going to be a long one for Boston because I, I don't I don't see them having an answer for Wiggins. Yeah, I, I now I, I think generally this series is probably going to go six games. I was checking out the uh, predictions from ESPN analyst, and most have the, have it going seven games, uh, six or seven games, leaning more seven. I see it going six, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Dubs won it in five. See, I I think they give the C's uh, their first back to back losses of the playoffs by remaining undefeated at home. I think the Warriors take games one and two. Um, they'll probably be competitive games, but I see the Dubs pulling away. Now, I like Boston to take game three. I think that they'll bounce back and really give it to the Warriors in game three. Then, then the series gets interesting. See, I think game four will probably end up being the craziest, the wildest game of the series because the Celtics, I think, will be facing a 3-1 deficit if they don't win that one. Um... So I could see that game going to the Celtics, but I wouldn't be shocked if they blew it. And reminiscent of their performances against the Heat, I would not be shocked because the Warriors will take advantage of turnovers. Now, the Warriors, they they turn the ball over as well. But I like the Warriors to better capitalize on turnovers than the Celtics. And I could see the Celtics, you know, having a moment in game four where they fumble, they fumble the lead away and the dubs close. They, they, you know, they take advantage. Now, again, I think the Warriors should close it out in six games on, on the Celtics home court because there's a, the format is 2-2 and then 1-1-1. One, one, one. So it's two in Golden State, two in Boston, game five, Golden State, game six in Boston, and then seven, if necessary, back in Golden State. And so I, I could see game six being the, the, the clincher for this series. But I wouldn't be shocked. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be shocked if the Dubs steal game four and then put those guys away back in San Fran in game five. Don't be surprised if that happens, because I'm telling you, the Warriors are on a different level. Um, so if it is five games... I think Wiggins will be the reason. So I think he'll be the MVP. Now, if it goes six, I would say that it's because Curry, Steph Curry saves the day for the Warriors and closes it out with another epic performance. That said, though, I I think Boston is really close to getting that 18th title. I mean, I could see them raising it in the next few years. They have a great, great team. I, I... Regardless of what you know, what what happened to them in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, because that series should have ended in six games. I think they have a fantastic team, and you've got to give kudos to Celtic great and former general manager Danny Ainge, who's now CEO of the Utah Jazz. 
Um, you got to give him credit, him and, um, and former head coach, Boston head coach, now the C's new general manager, Brad Stevens, you got to give them credit for building a great roster. I mean, they're, the Celtics are a great mix of excellent draft picks uh, and free agents. I mean, just think of the guys that they've drafted over the last eight, nine years in the first round. Marcus Smart, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Uh, man, I mean, these are... These are some key guys, you know, that they that they found in the draft, which I thought was, you know, I thought was great. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I I think that uh, I think they're going to be around for a while. And in in some of their some of their bench, their their role players are. I think I think Robert Williams is a, is is a is a great player when healthy. Um, and you know. I think that, um, yeah, Al Horford, of course, great free agent signing. Um, man, the trade for Derek White was was excellent. It's it's. Um, I think that they they generally have they generally have a great team. I do. I think and and Grant Williams out of Tennessee, man, I think Grant Williams, yo, that guy. He was only drafted in 2019. Wow. Yeah, Boston. Boston's going to be around for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they found the right coach in Udoka to to bring that team together. Um, I, I, I again, I, I think they're they're an excellent team, and they'll be competitive um, in in the Eastern Conference in the league for the rest of this decade for sure. I just think that this year the Dubs are on a mission and they just have too many shooters, rebounders, and schemes for the Celtics to handle. It should be a great series with lots of close games, but in the end, I think this is the year of the Dubs. So who do you like in the finals? Who's your X factor for the series? Um... Do you think that the you you like the Dubs to take it, or you think Boston's going to surprise? There are lots of people out there picking the Celtics. Um, apparently, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was an article in ESPN that that noted that the Celtics are considered to have a very strong chance, like a real like eighty percent chance of winning the finals now. If I'm not mistaken, I think that this probably was based upon the regular season performance heading into the playoffs. I would imagine that, um, you know, the odds have probably shifted some. I mean, let's, you know, I mean, the Dubs are considered to be the favorites to win the series. But if you go back to the start of the playoffs, I could see how the Celtics were, were seen as more likely to win the NBA championship than the dubs as, you know, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they started the playoffs having won 66 games. I mean, you know, after last year's, you know, unfortunate uh, loss to the Bucks after being up 2-0 in the finals, you know, conventional wisdom was that, you know, hey, you know, the Suns were, were on a mission. They were going to get back. But I mean, but then they ran into Luka and the map. So what are you going to do? But yeah, um, yeah, sure. The Celtics, again, the Celtics are a great team. They are a well-developed team. 
to make a long run. Uh, in my opinion, they've got three, maybe four future Hall of Famers with, you know, Tatum, Brown, Smart, and Horford. To me, those guys are future Hall of Famers. They just are. Uh, maybe they, they, uh, they don't have all the production yet. I think Horford is there. I think a Horford, because uh, from my understanding, the Hall of Basketball Hall of Fame looks at, you know, your combined college and professional contributions to the game. And I think Horford is there. The other three, I think they're on their way. I think they're on their way. I think, you know, by the end of the decade, it'll be more obvious that they that they are future Hall of Famers. But I can see it. I can clearly see it. Uh, smart, I think Smart is probably the closest, closest at this point. You know, the, the reigning defensive player of the year. But, man, Tatum and Brown, holy smokes. <laughs> wow. Those guys. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm going on and on. I'm picking the, the Dubs to win it. But, man, you got to give the C's credit. They're a great team. They are a great team. And they're, they're fun to watch. But so are the Warriors. And so I think that this is, uh, you know, I think the this is the, we're probably nearing the end of the prime for the nucleus of the Warriors, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. They probably have another two, two, three years of being at sort of their prime peak performance. So we should appreciate it and uh, appreciate how well they put their team together and, you know, all the great players that they've surrounded these guys with. And so it should be a good series. Great offense, great defense, some careless turnovers that both teams will exploit. Fast break, block shots. It'll be fun. So who you got? Who do you like? Who's your X Factor? Let me know. Drop me a line at uh, drgermg at coolmeanderings.com. You can also get at me at Twitter. My handle is at germ, capital J, lowercase E-R-M, capital D, lowercase R. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you like this episode, feel free to check out past episodes of Cool Meanderings with Dr. Germ G on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Peace. This is the Cool Meanderings podcast with Dr. Germ G.